you're going to hate me. Because I come to your town and we beat your team. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Short into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long. Was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky podcast. Your home for the Kentucky men's basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined as always by my brother and co host, Sam Bradley. On today's episode, we'd like to continue the conversation about the men's basketball roster, and we wanted to bring in and highlight a few of the new players that are going to be on the team this year. We've got two superstar incoming freshmen. One being Kaysen Wallace and the other Chris Livingston. We also wanted to highlight one player who was on the team last year but did not play due to injury, and that is CJ Frederick, a transfer from Iowa, who will be on the team this year. At the end of the show, we are also going to go over a few players who could potentially be on the roster for next season that are being recruited by John Calipari and his coaching staff. So we'll give you a little update on that, and yeah, let's get to it. We're going to start with Kaysen Wallace. He is the number eight overall prospect and a five-star recruit from Richardson, Texas, and he is committed to Kentucky for next season. And as I did my homework and started to prep for this episode, I'm watching a lot of tape, I'm reading a lot of different scouting reports, and the more and more I dive, the more and more excited I get. And Sam, I just want to know, are you as excited about Case and Wallace as I am? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, hands down, I am just so utterly excited about this kid's presence at uh, Kentucky next season. I mean, I don't know if I'm maybe more excited than you are, but... Shoot, I've been looking at this kid for a very long time. This was an early interest showed by Kentucky um, with this prospect. I mean, as you stated, you know, five-star recruit out of Texas. He's a 6'4", about 185-pound combo guard that can really play, you know, both the the positions of point guard and shooting guard. So um, super exciting talent. I cannot wait for his presence on campus, uh, I think he's going to be one of our go-to guys next year, and, and that's really exciting. I think the biggest early takeaway from all the scouting reports, all the film that I've watched, and I'm sure you as well, is this is a type of player that can impact the game without even scoring. Uh, and that really gets me excited because, don't get me wrong, we need the scores, we need all the flashy plays. He's got that in his bag as well. But at the end of the day, Having a player when they are getting limited on the scoring opportunities to still have the outcome and be able to keep himself on the floor, that's what we saw happen a lot this year with players that couldn't make that ability. I mean, look at Dante Allen. I mean, ultimately he transfers because the one thing that he needed to do for us, he couldn't. And Cal would still put him in, say, here's your opportunity, here's your opportunity. 
make an impact on the game any other way, and you get to stay in. And this is a kid that I think will be in of all of our games because we can't take him out because he's going to be impacting both ends of the floor. Yeah, um, you bring up a really good point. Uh, What I had here in my scouting report was the first thing that I wrote down about him after watching him play was uh, he's a junkyard dog, and I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, this guy gets after it defensively. He puts a bunch of pressure on the other guards from the other team, and like you said, he can impact the game without scoring, and you need a guy like that on your team. I mean, 6'4", 185 as a combo guard, he's got size, he's got strength, he's got speed, okay? And listen, college basketball, you can go back and look, and I'm telling you, you go back and look at every single champion over the last 20 years, there's one common denominator. It's good guard play. You can have all the good wings and the big men that you want, but in the NCAA tournament, it is about guard play 100% and having a kid like this on the team gets me super excited because you got a guy that can go down go out there and lock up the other best player on the other team and he can also run an offense play on and off the ball and really just like you said impact the game in so many different ways Um, the energy the the mentality of that type of player I mean that's infectious and that's something you're looking for in a guard and to lead your team yeah no absolutely and I I loved how you approached that because that was what I wrote down is this is a alpha man right here I mean he has the alpha mentality a winner's mentality and bringing that rapport and mentality into our campus, into the locker room, like you said, it's infectious. This is a leader. And I truly believe that. And I think this is going to be, like I said, our go-to player next year. Um, And that doesn't have to come, like we said, in scoring. That can come in so many different areas of the game, which really excites me. I think, um, you know, his development over the last four years in high school has been incredible. Because he started out as a very high prospect and he kept it. You obviously see as you follow, you know, each class, kids fluctuate, go up and down. This kid right here, Casey Wallace, he never staggered. They knew what they were getting out of him. He was heavily recruited. Um, I mean, gosh, he got 20 D1 offers. Wow. You know, every single person, their mother, their cousin, and their grandmother was calling Casey Wallace. And ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be rocking the Kentucky Blue next year. So I, I cannot wait for that opportunity. One thing that really stood out to me when I was, you know, doing all my homework and scouting reports on this kid is he was interviewed about his opportunity next year at Kentucky. And you just knew, like when I referenced it last episode, of how Cal always says, it's not for everyone. This opportunity is for Casey Wallace. He's got a quote here, and I, I'm. This is an actual quote. He says, in reference to a national championship title being his expectation at Kentucky. I know that's already our goal. Now, because we know what we signed up for, the second we said we were coming to Kentucky, and in reference to himself and Chris Livingston, obviously, as you kind of opened up the opportunity to talk about him earlier. Um, I mean, that gets me amped, dude. This kid knows what it means, and it really excites me as a fan because it should mean that much more. I I mean, when you step onto campus, when you step into Rupp Arena, you need to know what you're representing. And 
all the expectations that really live up to you committing to a program like this. And it's exciting that he just has that attack mode that's saying, I'm ready and I'm built for this. Yeah, uh, 100%, Sam. And uh, when you say, or when Calipari says that not everyone is built for Kentucky and not everyone is made for it, I think what he's talking about is when that pressure is on and all the expectations of the world are on you and everyone's looking at you to perform, you run towards that. You don't you don't shy away from that. And you can see that in the way this kid plays, in the way he talks. He is running towards that pressurized moment. He wants it. He wants it badly. And like I said, you can just see it in the way he plays. I mean, his scouting report, if, if you're going and reading it from multiple different people, I mean, he's the best defensive playmaker in this entire 2022 class. And that's consensus, basically. I mean, like I said earlier, 6'4 can just guard multiple positions. And something that really stuck out in his game, as far as the defensive side goes, he is incredible at tipping and deflecting passes. And it's, I, it just, it reminds me almost of like a Rajon Rondo type way back in the day um, when Tubby was our was our coach. And just, it's like, he doesn't have to be right up in your face, but he's always aware of where everybody is on the court and where the ball is going and what the offense is trying to do. And he's anticipating and ready to jump in and steal the ball and push the ball out in transition. Um, and speaking of transition, another thing was his shot blocking ability in transition was something else that really stuck out to me watching his tape. This guy can fly up and down the court and he can chase down blocks. I mean, he runs back with a purpose. He's not just running back just to get back. He's running down the court. He's looking for where the ball is. He is looking for where the ball is going and he is trying to stop it. And really, really just gets me excited because I think back to even the game against St. Peter's, and I know it's tough to think about the game, but if we just had one guy out there that could just make a stop, we could have won that game. And our season is just so different. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to play what ifs and everything, but that was the player we needed in that moment. Really, we really did. And I'm just excited to be able to have that player for next season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And everything you said about his defensive presence and his overall situational awareness is key for his opportunity with Kentucky next year. Um, and, and like you said, all the scouting reports are saying the same thing, mys, yours, everyone else's. And, and that's what ultimately gets me so excited is that there's already that validation of who this kid is and who he's going to be for Kentucky. And nothing was just getting me more excited and the opportunity that could lie ahead, and I know this is a if because we don't know the decision made by Oscar Shiba yet, but however, think back to you know that kid last year and the big O and how he has a purpose. Every time he rebounds the ball, he's the first one down the court. Every time. He fills that lane and he knows his duty, whether that's offensively or even defensively, he's always the first one back. Think of what you were just talking about with Cason Wallace's defensive mindset and how he's always right there in the right spot. And then what he's trying to do is get the outlet, run the floor, 
And that really excites me of how we can be a two-way basketball program next year. I mean, like you said last time, all year long last year, we were in Ken Palm as one of the top offensive efficient teams in the nation. We hovered top 25 all last year for defense, really at the end of the year, once we saw the injuries, we had players shifting around. That's when we really started to be less efficient in that arena. But with the combo of Kaysen, we'll get into Chris, and then obviously Oscar down low. I mean, that's just, that's an exciting mix right there. Obviously that's an if, but that's where my head goes and that gets me absolutely excited. Yeah, I mean, that's how we got to play basketball. Uh, We're deadly in transition, always have been, always will be. Uh, But getting out in transition, you need to get stops on the defensive end to do that. And you can't, you can push the ball up after a basket, but it's just not the same. And you got to be able to rebound effectively. And you got to be able to get those stops and and create those easy baskets, um, which is something that we should be able to do next season um, with these type of players. Um, so we'll see how it all comes together. Uh, just another little thing that I wanted to touch on with Kaysen was um, in some of the different scouting reports, um, they give you a little bit of a NBA comparison. And I give you an NBA comparison because this kid is an NBA player. If everything you read about him is he is going to the NBA. Um, so, However long he's at Kentucky, one, two, three years. I mean, I would assume probably one. Probably one. But, you know, he is an NBA-type player, which is why I wanted to do a little NBA-type comparison with him. Um, So the NBA comp that they gave him was the guard from the Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Drew Holiday's game, I'm going to give you a little background on what he does and how that kind of compares to how Kaysen plays. So Drew Holiday is now an NBA champion as of last season, and he is a elite level defender at the NBA level. He's a little bit of an oversized guard. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, so he's a little bit taller than Kaysen, um, but They're the same in the sense that they're a little taller for the guard position. They can play one and two and guard both positions very well. Both of them can play off the ball extremely well, coming off screens, catching the ball, jump shots, three-pointers, but they can also play the point guard position and bring the ball up and initiate an offense as well, which is something that not a lot of guards can do and why they call this kid a combo guard That's why they're calling him a combo guard, because he can do both those sorts of things and do them well. He's also able, this is Drew Holiday I'm talking about with the NBA comparison, he also can get to the basket very well and finish in transition. He's got a strong body. Um, It can really kind of force his way to the basket and finish like that. Um, Yeah. The last thing that I had about Drew Holiday as well was doesn't have to score to impact the game. And that's exactly what we were talking about earlier with Case and Wallace. Play defense, deflect passes, steals, get the ball out in transition, hit down open shots, and get his teammates involved and kind of let the offense come to him and, and play through the offense. And um, that's, that's the exact type of player you're looking for on a championship-type team. I mean, somebody who's going to come in and he's going to have that confidence in who he is as a player but he's also going to bring that confidence to all of his other teammates by making them better as well as making himself better. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, uh, 
you killed that because the way I was breaking him down as well is that kind of positionless player. And, and you said it best as far as he can be on ball or off ball. And for his ability next year, especially if Wheeler's coming back and he's kind of running the helm at the point, you have two players that can be ball dominant where Kaysen's game kind of meshes with Severe's perfectly because even when Kaysen doesn't have the basketball in his hand, he is still in attack mode. Not a lot of basketball players would play with that mentality because they get stagnant. They aren't coming off screens the way they should. Kaysen Wallace always has the mentality that he is in attack, in attack mode, whether he's got the ball in his hands or not. He gets to a spot, and that's when he can hit shots. And that's extremely important at the college level because, obviously, you know in the NBA, anyone can make any type of shot. That's just the talent there. College basketball is about creating space and getting to an open shot. And this kid is fantastic at that. Um, I, I'm extremely excited about them. Uh, you know, he's going to be, like I said, our go-to guy. And I think whether that's at the one or the two, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, he can play both those positions, and I think he's going to play him well. And you bring up a good point with, with two guards like that in um, kind of having that connection with Severe Wheeler and Cason Wallace in the backcourt, um, those players can kind of, they're interchangeable almost. You can move them around, play them at the one, the two. One can bring the ball up. The other can play off the ball. You can kind of pick and choose your matchups and create some mismatches out there, which is extremely exciting to think of the backcourt that we may have for our Kentucky Wildcats next season. Absolutely. I think one last point too, because I know Big Blue Nation is sitting out there waiting for this question to be answered yes he can shoot okay so everyone just kind of take a big exhale because i know we've got to have knockdown shooters and and Kaysen is that when he has open abilities at three he's going to hit that shot do not get me wrong so everyone kind of be rest assured in the fact that he is a very efficient three-point shooter he shoots over the 35 percent range from three that's exactly what we need in a one or two guard. I mean, I mean, so rest assured, he's uh, he's got big blue nation in good hands. All right, the next guy we want to talk about is the next incoming freshman, and that is Chris Livingston, a five-star recruit out of Akron, Ohio, and he is the number six shooting forward in the class of 2022. Now, Chris had a pretty interesting high school career, actually. Um, Moved around quite a bit, played at three different schools, um, played in his hometown of uh, Akron, Ohio as a freshman, then transferred to another high school in Ohio for his sophomore season, came back for his junior season to the school he had originally, originally gone to in Akron when he was a freshman, and then... His senior season, he transferred to Oak Hill Academy, which is in Virginia. Um, very prominent basketball school. Um, a lot of you may have may have heard of it before. Um, they produce a lot of college basketball players, that's for sure. So um, good to know that he went to play there senior season. He's obviously uh, grown over the years. Um, 
But Sam, why don't you break down his game a little bit for us and, and get this going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like you said, five-star athlete. He's actually the seventh overall recruit in the class of 2022. So um, right there with Kaysen Wallace. He's a McDonald's All-American and Jordan Brand athlete. Um, I mean, this kid is an absolute stud through and through. His specs come out to be roughly around 6'6". He's 200 pounds, and he plays the small forward position. Uh, ultimately, how I see his fit with Kentucky next year is he'll be at his best when we play him as a stretch four. This kid can hit at all three levels on offense. I mean, he can score in the paint, at the glass. He can hit you with a mid-range jumper, which I can't wait to discuss that. And then also, he's a very efficient three-point shooter. Um, This kid, again, like Kaysen Wallace, is an elite defender. And their presence together on the court just gets me so amped of – what a great defensive presence we will have night in and night out. Uh, his length as a small forward, I know he's only 6'6", and, you know, when you think of some of the other guys like Keon, you know, you get into the 6'9", 6'10", range, um, but he makes up for it in length with his wingspan. And that's extremely excited. I mean, he's already projected as a strong first-rounder with early anticipation as high as a lottery pick. So, I mean, this kid is, you know, everything he's hyped up to be, Uh, I've been digesting a lot of his game film lately, and he, like Kaysen, can impact the way in multiple ways. Um, But the biggest thing for me is, again, he gets out and he runs, whether it's from a steal, which he's great at because he averages 2.3 steals a game. That's awesome. Whether it's a block or whether it's a rebound, that kid's first mentality is get out and transition And like I said, and kind of preluded to his ability to make jumpers as a pull-up option is incredible. And that really elevates your transition game to a whole nother level. And the fact that yes, he can drive you all the way to the basket at six, six, 200 pounds. I mean, that's a, that's a strong body. Oh yeah. Or he can pull up off the dribble and he can hit you with a deadly jumper. I mean, that's, that's really exciting. Um, there, there's a whole lot to like about his game. And, and truthfully, the only thing that he just needs to really work on is just his ball handling. Um, that'll come. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like something he's not paying attention to. But I, I think if you were going to nitpick at one thing about his game, that'd be it. And other than that, it's it's kind of firing on all cylinders. Yeah, Um Watching Chris play, he plays the way that I would play basketball, honestly. I mean, if I was 6'6 and 200 pounds, which I'm not, but, you know, (laughs) it's nice to dream sometimes. (laughs) I digress. Okay, in all all honesty, after watching this kid play, Sam brings up a very good point about his mid-range jump shot, and the reason why he's able to get that mid-range jump shot off so well is because he is relentless at attacking the basket. He can finish in transition. He can finish in the half court just attacking the basket. He can finish in traffic around bigs. He can take guys down low. And once you once you set that up in basketball, um, maybe for some of you who haven't played the game a ton, if you can attack your defender and really get to the basket like that, 
you have now put them on your their heels and they've got to back away from you because they can't afford to get burned every time going to the basket. And as soon as you do that and they know that you're trying to get to the basket and and you can fake that and pull back and be able to knock down a jumper, it's deadly. It, you become impossible to guard and you become an absolute nightmare for other teams. And that's what this guy is. I mean, he can finish in traffic unbelievably. And the one thing that's a little bit underrated about him is he's a great passer when he's attacking the basket. I mean, he's very good at drawing defenders in and being able to kick the ball out for open shots. Um, 6'6", 200 pounds, like you said. I mean, this guy can fly out there. And I'm thinking about these two kids together, Kaysen and Chris. And I'm thinking about last year's team. And Ty Ty and Xavier were basically our two main guards, and then Davion. And they were all great. And Xavier's coming back, and we lost the other two. And we're kind of replacing them with these two. And I know Chris is more of a shooting forward, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm lumping him in there only because, like, he's athletic and can get out there and play. We were talking about the defense with Kaysen earlier, but this just takes it to a whole new level, like you said, because think about having like Xavier and Ty Ty and Davion, like all three of them were a little undermanned, a little undersized, undermanned with a physical presence there. You switch that out with these two kids being out there, and now you can cover up Severe a little bit more because he's not exposed as much as being a smaller player, and you have guys who can rotate over on defense and really cover him, and you can kind of hide him on defense a little bit. Um so I really am just encouraged by how uh, Calipari is putting together this roster um, after breaking down these two kids' games. Um, the fit seems, I mean, I know it's on paper and uh, we're just watching tape and everything. They haven't actually played together. But the fit seems right and the fit seems like something that um, can really bolster our team for yeah. sure. No, absolutely. And, and we have technically now, as of last night, seen uh, these two young gentlemen on the court together. Uh, for those of you that are familiar, they actually posted in the Jordan Brand Classic in Chicago last night. And it was a fun opportunity for Big Blue Nation, for those of you that tuned in, to kind of see them live in action. They were on the same team and they got uh, actually some good quality minutes together. So it was extremely exciting to, to kind of see them feed off of each other. But like you said, for the most part, it's all on paper. But shoot, that paper is looking like a carbon copy and it's looking extremely exciting. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be a good give and take and kind of to reiterate the importance of what you said about Chris is this is a type of player that in the half court and late in the shot clock, you can give the ball to and have confidence with. I think last year and oftentimes with um, you know John Calipari's teams, you struggle to find that player and who you can trust in giving that ball to. And why I say that with such confidence is how you broke it down. He's actually a great three-point shooter. He has a strong mid-range game, but the most important piece is his attack mode that he's always playing in and his ability to pass through that attack mode. Late in the shot clock, if you're going at five, or even if you have 10, if you're going to the basket, whether you're pulling up yourself or your ability to finish at the rim, that's attracting 
the congestion of the lane and his ability to dish to potentially a CJ Frederick, an open case in Wallace. That is really where you find your half court presence in an elite status where last year, as we all know, our offense was most efficient when we were out and running. Now it's like once you're building this roster and you're looking at the parts and the pieces come together, it's kind of the best of both worlds where you get to marry the fact that we can get out and run because we're going to be a great defensive team with a hopefully big O down low as the best rebounder in the nation. And then you've got these exciting, I I know, like you said, I mean, Chris is ultimately, I I hope going to play the stretch forward, but it definitely comes down to who's going to come, who's going to go. So we kind of have to wait and see how coach Cal really builds this roster and how he wants to go through one through five. Um, but with the wings, I, I mean, that's extremely exciting to to kind of see that in fruition. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, just to give you a little bit more background uh, on him and the type of player that he is, I mean, going through some of his um, accomplishments in high school, I mean, multiple games in high school, um, over 50 points and 20 rebounds in a game, uh, multiple eight steals, five blocks, 20 rebounds, 50 points. I mean, some of these stat lines... Uh, Pretty incredible what the kid can do. I mean, he got invited to go play for Team USA at the 2019 FIBA U16 Championship in Brazil. Um, he averaged 23 points and six rebounds and won the gold medal and was the tournament MVP as well. So um, even from a younger age, he's a good player. Like I, like I uh, mentioned earlier, he did bounce around in high school. Don't know exactly why. Um, but every stop he went, he got better. And um, yeah, ending up at Oak Hill as a senior, I mean, that just tells you everything right there. He he continued to get better. And what is not to like about 6'6", 200? I mean, he's got an NBA body already. I mean, there you can't teach that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, a guy that can go out there and defend multiple positions, who can get out and transition, who can also attack the rim in the half court, who's a willing passer. I mean, what's not to love, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And kind of as I referenced earlier, it was on display last night for the Jordan Brand Classic. Uh, you know, both of these kids get to kind of shine in a uh, national spotlight. And for Chris, he had 21 points, 8 of 16 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds. And what I loved, I know it's small, but 3 steals. I know, you know, if you watch the Jordan Brand Classic, um, don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, like the NBA All-Star game where they're just basically running through the motions. There's definitely some effort there, um, but they're having fun. So mind you, obviously kids are a little more careless, but it's exciting to see his presence defensively as well. And from those three steals, all three led to six easy baskets. Uh, That's that's exciting. That's exactly what you're going to get out of him at Kentucky next season. And then for Kaysen, um, extremely efficient night. I mean, he ended up with 15 points, six of 11 shooting. He had four rebounds, two assists. And again, what I love to see, he had two blocks. This is our potential point guard or shooting guard with two blocks. Like you said earlier, his length and his size at those positions is going to be critical. And, you know, you add three steals, two blocks, that's five. If you're doing that on any given night in a Kentucky jersey as a collective group, I'm absolutely loving that. 
and then our ability to run the floor. I mean, that's where, you know, you're as deadly as deadly can get. So a uh, really fun opportunity to kind of see these guys on display. The highlight of the night had to be Kaysen Wallace. He uh, came off the wing on a fast break opportunity. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check Twitter. He does like a little double pump slam dunk and it was it was truly exciting i i was sitting there by myself on the couch watching i was like oh so uh just to give you a a small little taste of what you're going to get out of that kid next year super super exciting always great when you got some highly recruited freshmen coming in we also got one more guy to talk about who's not a freshman but he is a newcomer He didn't get to play last year. Um, His name is CJ Frederick. He is a transfer from Iowa. And the reason he sat out last year was because he had a hamstring injury. And he decided to get surgery on that hamstring and sit out the season in anticipation of playing this season. Which we just got some great news today, actually, which is Saturday the 16th of April, C.J. Frederick has confirmed that he will 100% play for Kentucky next season. Not that there was really any doubt because he did sit out all of last season, but they're, you know, depending on the roster and how things shaked out, he could have potentially put his name to the transfer portal and gone somewhere else. He didn't. He's excited. He's ready to play Kentucky. And he spent a lot of time last season rehabbing and getting himself right everything that i've read he's on track he's good to go he's healthy now he's got himself into a place where by this summer he should be 100 percent back to full basketball activity um, out there during the summer and practices training camp all that sort of thing getting ready for next season um so it's exciting For those of you who do not know about him, um, Sam, why don't you break down his game for us a little bit and and get the ball rolling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, my message to Big Blue Nation is, you know, if you don't know C.J. Frederick, you're about to. So stay tuned because this kid's game is going to be on full display next season. He's going to get a large amount of minutes, and I truly believe that. Whether that's coming off the bench or or starting, he's going to be in the mix next year. This is a kid that shoots the heck out of the basketball. Lights out shooter. He can do it off the dribble, which is exciting, or he can be a pure spot-up shooter, which is um, kind of the deadliness of his game. As you said, he's a transfer coming in from Iowa. Uh, Prior to the transfer, his two years at the collegiate level, he averaged roughly around, um, you know, his second year, seven points. His first year, though, 10 points on extremely efficient numbers from three, almost 50% from three. That is incredible. Um, He's efficient, which is exactly what you need out of a shooting opportunity at Kentucky because this isn't going to be a ball-dominant player, and he knows that. And what I love most about his game is he is a team-first mentality player. He is very positionless in the fact that he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to make an impact on the game. But when he does, he's going to shoot and he's going to score. And that's exciting. Um, But ultimately, 
this kid's game cannot only be broken down to the fact that he's a three-point shooter. He's deeper than that, and his ability transcends just that three-point line. Um, don't get me wrong. He's 6'3". He is roughly 190 pounds. Um, obviously, since the injury, who knows what he stands at now. Maybe lost a few, but you know he'll get in the weight room hard this summer um, and really work on his release. But it, you know, he ends up roughly around 6'3", 195 pounds. Boom. You got another sized kid right around Case and Wallace. And that is not someone, when you break down his film, that is just sitting at the three-point line waiting for the ball. He is extremely efficient coming off of the screens and getting downhill, actually, to the basket, which frees up opportunities for his teammates. And that's what I love about him is that he is going to help this team generate opportunity because he'll stretch the floor, he'll be an extremely efficient shooter, which makes the scouting report night in and night out have to put the emphasis on the fact that you can't let that kid get open. And that's absolutely exciting. It's a lot like Kellen Grady, um, oddly enough, uh, dealt with injuries back in Iowa with plantar fasciitis, a lot like now we found out with Kellen Grady at the end of uh, this season. But the great news is, like you said, we have a clean bill of health for him. And I think that right there in itself is the most important part. We get a healthy C.J. Frederick for the 2022-2023 season. That's going to be massive. What I want you guys to do right now is forget about the fact that Sam just told you he averaged seven points as a sophomore because it doesn't matter. And I, I really do truly mean that. And he did. He, he he spent an entire season as a sophomore dealing with plantar fasciitis. And he played through it, and, and he toughed it out, and he did what he had to for Iowa. But he struggled that year. And you can go back and look, and you're going to look at his stats, and you're going to go, what? What are you guys talking about, man? But But listen to me. I'm telling you. The guy had multiple games of 20-plus points. Multiple games, four plus threes, okay? 50% from the, almost 50% from the three-point line, okay? That's exactly what you're looking for. The stats, throw them out the window. It doesn't matter. The opportunities that this kid's going to have, he's going to get open shots, okay? We just, we just ran you through our other two incoming freshmen that can push the ball out, get open looks for other people. Well, who do you think they're going to be going to? This kid right here, CJ, he's going to be waiting for the ball, and when he does, he's going to catch it, and he's going to shoot it, and he's going to make it. And something else that Sam talked about a little bit there um, was the fact that he's a good teammate, and he's a players first type guy, um, teammate first type guy, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and going back to last summer, when he originally transferred over Kentucky, I was excited to watch him play, and obviously he got hurt and never got to, but... Going back even and looking at the commentary about what Calipari was saying about C.J. Frederick uh, last summer had me extremely excited because Cal's talking about him and saying the amount of energy he brought to our program, the fact that he was a natural-born leader, and he had an exciting spirit about him that really just kind of um, permeated throughout the whole team, and, and um, that's something that I think is... You know, you can't calculate on that on a stat sheet, but that goes a long way in the locker room. And especially in college basketball where your roster turns over and new guys come in and guys leave. And 
it's different from year to year. I think a guy, even though he didn't play, being around the team and being in that locker room and being on that bench all year long, um, he's really going to be someone who's going to bring these new guys in and uh, kind of put his arms around and, and be that leader and, and bring the boys together. Absolutely. Yeah, that uh, that year under his belt, despite the fact that he didn't play, is massive, in my opinion. He now knows the techniques of Coach Cal. He knows how players need to respond in those moments. And having that opportunity to kind of sit back and almost be a fly on the wall and watch some great athletes and Ty Ty Washington and, you know, the list goes on. Now he knows it's his time to shine. He's got an opportunity to really take this program into his own hands and he's, he's going to do fantastic. I can't wait. Okay. So we have now gone through case and Wallace, Chris Livingston and CJ Frederick, the three newcomers on the basketball team for next season. There are two other names that I would like to bring up tonight. And these two players are not on the team, but they could potentially be on the team for next season. Rosters are not completely set, and there are a few players out there who have not committed to school who are going to be going to college next year to play college basketball. So Sam, why don't you fill the the people in a little bit and uh, bring them up to speed with some of the new guys that could potentially be on the team next year? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you said, rosters are far from complete, Uh, whether it be existing 2022 recruits that are still out there, or obviously the transfer portal is heating up faster than the Sahara in summertime. I mean, it is getting extremely exciting, but that's extremely right now touch and go because um, of our own players' personal decisions that they have to make, whether they go to the NBA, transfer, or come back. So uh, we'll cover that at a later date. But like you said, there's two big names that are still out there as 2022 recruits that we have official offers from the University of Kentucky going out to these young gentlemen, uh, first of which is Leonard Miller. So this kid has somehow flown kind of under the radar, which kind of baffles me because when you look at him, this is a kid that's the 11th ranked overall recruit in the nation for the class of 2022. But on 247 Sports Composite, he doesn't have a player profile. Now, all of you are probably sitting there, why? You know, like what could possibly be the reason of that? And this gets me smiling and this gets me extremely excited because if we think back to a player, gosh, his name goes by Anthony Davis. And I think if I'm not mistaken, AJ, he won the University of Kentucky National Championship in 2012. That would be correct. Okay, cool. Just wanted to to fact check that right quick because if I'm not mistaken, while he was in high school, he was a little string bean and then boom, growth spurt. And he goes to Kentucky, wins a national championship. He's an NBA champion now as well. Team USA champion. I mean, the list goes on. I'm not saying, everyone, hold on. I'm not saying Leonard Miller is that. I will say there's some scary comparisons because Leonard Miller was, gosh, 6'4", his junior year. He's now 6'11". He went from a combo guard size 
to now he is a full-on forward at 6'11". This kid's got handles, he's got a great shot, and he can finish at the rim with contact like you wouldn't believe. It reminds me a lot of someone else, and that gets me really excited. I mean, he has a wingspan of 7'2", AJ. This kid can alter shots like no other. And I'm telling you right now, I can see it. I'm having visions when I go to bed, and it's beautiful. You throw him down low with Oscar, I know everyone kind of hates the fact that we kind of clog up the lane with two bigs. That's different. We know how Oscar runs the floor, how he rebounds. What we kind of lacked last year is, don't get me wrong, big O, incredible defender, but he doesn't alter the shots of some of those bigs. And, you know, when you look up some of those matchups from last year, like when we played Florida or when we played Auburn, when we struggled, we struggled with length. We learned how to win games because Oscar was so dominant at the offensive end, and he would make up for that. But don't get me wrong, there was guys that went off for 20, 30 against us, and it was all guys with length. We bring in Damian Collins last year, and he could alter some shots, and don't get me wrong, I'm extremely excited about his opportunity next year. But you bring in a guy like this, 7-2 wingspan, that's going to be very difficult to get off shots. Like I said, the 11th overall recruit, and that is strictly because prior to last year, he wasn't 6'11". He wasn't a 7-footer. Now he is. He already had the skills. He was already a top 50 recruit. And now, shoot, he's almost a top 10 recruit in the nation. He's still unsigned. He's got an official offer from the University of Kentucky. And here's the good news, y'all. He's limited his top three to Arizona, the G League, and the University of Kentucky. Uh, Here's another scoop. He is, as we speak right now, somewhere comfortably in Lexington, Kentucky on an official visit. This is extremely touch and go right now, but gosh, guys, stay tuned because this could heat up very quickly and we could have a decision made in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean... Adding a guy like that to your roster is never a bad thing, and I think you brought up a, a really a really good point because, um, you know, we try to be as objective as we can here on this podcast, and we're diehard Kentucky fans, but listen, guys, we are getting excited about some of these young guys, and we may be hyping them up a little bit much, and, you know, that's our job to get everyone excited about that, but we're going to be objective, and you know, we'll tell you how it is. And last year, as great as Oscar was, he did. He he struggled with some length, and he's only six nine, and um, he's a little undersized for that position. And in college, you can get away with it. And um, but against certain teams that have some guys that are NBA ready and guys that have bodies like that, it's it's a little bit more difficult. And you really do need a guy down low that can alter those. Sh- he doesn't even have to block the shots. It's just a guy that can be there to put his hands up to make somebody think twice about what they're doing. And Oscar is a good shot blocker. Honestly, he can recover and get, get, get up there and, and, but adding another guy down low like that really just shores up that defense and really adds another dimension to the um, team that we lacked last year. And I mean, if you think about it, all the, all the really good teams that we've had, we've always had one guy down low who is extremely good at blocking shots, altering shots, and really just makes life dif- difficult for those other players on the uh, opposing team. So we'll have to keep you posted on what's going on. Like Sam said, he is in Kentucky for a visit. 
we have an offer out to him. So, you know, at this point, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens and hopefully his visit goes well. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that front. So, yeah, well, I know, uh, Keelan's running this week. We had some star recruits, uh, both in the basketball realm and the football realm, mind you guys. So, uh, they were at Keelan this weekend. Hopefully we showed them a great time, you know, some, some fast horses, some fun times, you know, that, that always helps sweeten the, uh, the offer as far as, Hey, here's what you could have when, uh, when you put on the Kentucky Jersey, but absolutely. We'll keep you posted there. Um, as AJ kind of mentioned, there's one more name, and we do need to discuss this because as of about a few weeks ago, we did add one late offer to the class of 2022. AJ, you want to bring this guy up to us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, his name is Adu Thero, and he is a high school basketball player from Pennsylvania. And honestly... Majority of you are gonna are gonna have a tough time even finding out a lot about this kid. Um, there's not much out there about him. Um, not a highly recruited player at all. Um, his recruiting really just picked up within the last couple months. Honestly, um, was not on my radar. Um, was not on a lot of people's radars. And just recently, he has popped up as a player who has continued to grow and excel through high school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to get a lot of information on him. Um, people don't know a lot about him. So you're probably wondering why has Kentucky offered this kid a scholarship to come to school next season. Um, but after watching a little bit of his game tape and getting my hands on some of that, uh, it's easy to see why John Calipari offered him, um, a scholarship for next season. Um, first thing that came to mind watching him play was Kyrie Irving and that may be a stretch I get that because that's a you know NBA champion Uh, but I'm just talking about the the handles the way he dribbles the basketball and is able to move his body finish in transition um, go from right hand to left hand uh, tight spaces being able to dribble through players use a spin move um, the footwork all of that sort of stuff to kind of get his body in and in and out of uh, traffic and get up to the basket and finish with his right and left hand um, in traffic. And um, yeah, I mean, this kid, he's just shot up the recruiting. It's insane. I mean, Kentucky offered him a scholarship a couple weeks ago and within six days of Kentucky offering him a scholarship, I think he got five or six more um, from schools like Cincinnati and a few others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, kind of came out of nowhere, but once you turn on the tape and watch this kid play, uh, you can definitely understand why people are starting to get extremely excited about this kid at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Kentucky has as good as chance as any. Uh, as you said, his recruitment process has really heated up as of late, and we'll see where that takes us. But the most exciting part about Adu is that this could be a kid that could come in and make an immediate impact, but he could also be a project piece that really comes into a full position player for the University of Kentucky um, within a year, within two, within three, who knows? But don't get me wrong, the excitement part is that he could come in and make an immediate impact, but he could also stay 
at Kentucky for multiple years and have just kind of the keys handed over to him. And that's exciting. Um, there's connections there because John Calipari actually did coach his father years ago. So there's that connection there. Also, Adu has been at two University of Kentucky summer camps. So that's exciting. But then the last two summers, he attended both John Calipari camps. Um, so there's definitely those connections there. As you said, it was a late offer from the University of Kentucky, but it came. And one thing that I've always heard murmured around Big Blue Nation is why Coach Cal doesn't always exhaust every single one of his scholarships. And this is a great example of him identifying that opportunity and making sure that he fills them with very adequate scholarships because this kid is for real. As you said, as you turn on the the tapes and you start to dive into his game, first thing I had written down, handles, 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 handles. This kid is extremely creative with the basketball. And that is ultimately why he averaged 23 points, 10 rebounds, four steals, 2.3 blocks. He's 6'5", he's 190 pounds, and he's a combo guard. That's incredible. That is the size that I want on my team. He is, like you said, from Pennsylvania. He's Pennsylvania's basketball player of the year. He's not a joke. I mean, I know his recruitment has heated up as of late, but he's an incredible basketball player. And what's also exciting is, as you can imagine, at 6'5", 190 pounds, he has to be, and he is, I can confirm, a great two-way basketball player. I mean, look at his stats. He's got four steals and 2.3 blocks a game. And on the other end of the court, he's averaging 23 points. This kid flies up and down the basketball court. And when he's got the ball in his hands, he's creative and he creates for himself and his teammates. That's what's extremely excited about him. Um, it's ultimately going to come down to what I think him and his camp and his father thinks is his best opportunity to shine. He can shine at Kentucky, but maybe with some of the incoming freshmen and the returning players, maybe that's not next year. And maybe he does, but they're definitely going to have to weigh their options. Obviously, some of his other offers, like you said, Cincinnati, Xavier, he might have the opportunity to kind of step in and take the reins right away where I don't know if Coach Cal can promise that opportunity in the same at Kentucky. But don't get me wrong. I mean, getting an offer from a blue blood, nonetheless, the University of Kentucky, with the connection of his father with Coach Cal, I think there's enough pieces of the puzzle to where we can really finish this out and he can commit. Um, There's really no real timetable as far as I've been reading into his uh, recruitment process So this could be a tomorrow we wake up and find out. This could be a few months from now. But one thing I want to encourage the rest of Big Blue Nation is it's not always the first to finish wins the race in this type of scenario because this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you remember this time last year, we didn't have a full roster put together. We didn't actually put our roster together until August, AJ. There were still players waiting to make decisions, transfers, 2021 commits that didn't commit until the end of the year. Let's take this slow. Just because we offered this kid late, 
or other players haven't made decisions, don't worry. Coach Cal is looking at the right players. I promise you that. Because when you dive into these tapes, it's extremely exciting. Um, Obviously, as we alluded to earlier, we've got a lot of players buzzing around with interests coming from the University of Kentucky. But again, same thing last year. Our transfers didn't commit until the end of the window. And I think it worked out pretty darn good, if I remember right. Obviously, a first-round exit doesn't really justify what I'm saying. But don't get me wrong, we were happy all year long. And I think a lot of these kids are going to do the exact same. Yeah. I mean, you got to love a kid who's um, talking about a do hero. You got to love a kid who's continually getting better year over year, progressing his game, adding new pieces to his game and really refining it as he goes along. And, um, you know, if he does choose to go somewhere else and he gets more of a, a starting role or a more, op- more of an opportunity, you can't blame him. Um, but one thing I will say is, um, the development aspect of it as he has developed through high school, I think coming to Kentucky, whether he plays a ton next year in games or not, um, being in practice and going up against a guy like Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston and a Savier Wheeler and a CJ Frederick and getting out on a court with a potential of a Oscar Shibway, all those sorts of things. Um, I mean, it can't be bad for the kid. I mean, he's going to get a lot of growth here at Kentucky. So we'll keep you posted on what's going on with him. And uh, yeah, like Sam said, I mean, guys, this is a marathon. These things are ever changing. News is going to break when you least expect it. And, you know, you just kind of got to keep your finger on the pulse and really try to figure out what's going on. And um, this roster will shape, shape up over time. Don't worry. We'll keep you updated on what's going on, but there is a lot to be excited about for the Kentucky basketball roster for next season. That's all we have for today. Next episode, we're going to give you guys a little deep dive on John Calipari and the state of the Kentucky basketball program. We're going to keep the train rolling there. And then we're going to switch it up and get you guys into a little Kentucky football. Football in the bluegrass. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Please share it with your friends. Spread the word. We're enjoying this. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Sam. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.